I just want to speak just for a few minutes to you tonight, really, and then we're going to open up uh, more worship and, and ministry and prayer, etc. It's great to have the young people with us tonight. I don't know why I'm looking over there, because there's some young people out there. Yeah, it's great to have the young people here tonight. It's brilliant to have you guys with us. And um, it's great if you're, if you're a visitor tonight and you're not normally with us, then you're really welcome. Okay, we do this slightly differently on a Sunday, so it's a little bit more open, it's a little bit more unstructured. Okay, it's a little bit more geared towards Christians in that sense, but if you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you're not sure, then you're really welcome and we're really glad that you are with us. We'll try and explain anything that goes on tonight that is a little out of the ordinary, if, if, if that does happen. If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn in the, in the Old Testament uh, to the second book of Kings. Now, I've spoken this message before here several times. Um, but, but I just can't get away from it. And I feel that God is bringing it back uh, and bringing it back to me. And also, I think, bringing it back to us as a community. Uh, last On Sunday night, we, I met here with the leaders and, uh, uh, in the church. Many of you were here. And we talked about the future and threw out some really big things uh, that we've sensed that God wants for us as a community as we head into the future towards 2020. And I think that this passage of Scripture, these few verses, these just seven verses are really instrumental in what God has for us for the future, okay? And um, I've kind of called this a different title to what I called it before. I've called it, Do You Hear the Call? Do you hear the call? If you know Jesus and if the Holy Spirit is within you in any way, shape or form, and actually, if you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit has to be in you because you can't know Jesus without the Holy Spirit, okay? Because you, you, if you know Jesus, that's not just because you've decided it. It's because the Holy Spirit has activated the Spirit of God within you and it's come alive. He's come alive in you. So if, so, so if you're a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit in you. And, and the question is, do we hear the call of the Holy Spirit? Do we hear the call that God has for our lives? And this is a great little story tucked away uh, in, in the Old Testament about this prophet called Elisha who followed Elijah. And so Elijah was the man, okay? And Elisha was the young man. And then how many of you know that you're a young man. Was it David Cameron that said, I was the future once or something like that? You're a young man and you look up to the old man and before you know it, you're an old man. That's amazing. And that's what happens to Elisha, okay? So he was the young man looking up to the old man. But when we dive in here in 2 Kings 6, he's now the old man, all right? And there's young men looking to him. And this is what it says, the company of the prophets. So Elisha was a prophet. He has around him a whole bunch of younger guys, okay? Uh, if this was now, it would be guys and girls, but this was then, patriarchal society. So when I say guys and I'm talking about men, I'm in my mind and I think in God's mind, we are now talking about everyone. But there's a company of these younger guys who said to Elisha, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. So they're saying, this place is too small. We need to go to a bigger place for us to meet. And he said, go. He said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. It's beautiful. And I'll open that up in a minute. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. We borrowed this axe and it's fallen into the water, the iron axe head on the top. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and he made the iron float. How do you know that's a miracle, isn't it? That's the miraculous. 
That doesn't happen, all right? Iron axes don't float. He, it was a miracle. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Do you hear the call? Do you hear the call? How many of you got kids? Yeah? How many of you know that kids have, and you had it when you were a kid, selective hearing? Isn't that right? Yeah, can't hear it, can't hear it, can't hear it. Anyone want a cookie? Suddenly, tuned in as if by magic. Selective hearing. And when it comes to listening to, the, to God, listening to the Holy Spirit, we have selective hearing. It's not that God isn't speaking, it's that we have selective hearing and we can tune out what we don't want to hear. And I think there's three calls coming out of this passage of Scripture, which, which I think are really important to us as a community. Firstly, there's a call to a bigger place. There's a call to a bigger place. And I'm not talking about a building, okay? I'm not talking about a building. We said on Sunday at the leaders' meeting, we know what we want to do with the building in terms of next year when we get the insurance settlement. We want to refurbish this bit of the building, we want to take a big chunk of our debt. We want to knock down the old building, okay, the front part. That is what we want to do. And we want to level that down to make a car park. But we believe that God is calling us to a bigger place, not in terms of a building per se, although we'll deal with all that, but much bigger and broader than that. There's a call to a bigger place because they said that this place where we're meeting is too small for us. In other words, we've kind of like got used to this, you know, and we understand it, but we want to grow. Now, you know, you cannot grow unless you move to a bigger place. If you stay in the place where you always were, you will be what you always were. You will be who you always were. You've got to move. And I think this move to a bigger place is not about a building. It's about a mindset. It's about an experience of God. It's about an attitude. It's a whole big deal. And the Bible says that, um, the Bible says in Psalm 31 verse 8, you have set my feet in a spacious place. If the enemy cannot get you from not becoming a Christian because that's his goal, all right? He wants to destroy our life by separating. Remember on Sunday, if you were here, the division, he wants to destroy our relationships and ultimately he wants to divide us from God. If he can't do that, in other words, if you become a Christian, if he can't do that, his second strategy is that he wants to contain you in a small life. So if he can't stop you being a believer and putting your hope in, in, in Jesus, then he'll just say, well, okay, I can't do that one. So you're going to go to heaven when you die. But actually, I'll just spend all my time keeping you contained and keeping you small. So that you only ever think about yourself and you never really grow. And that's what happens to lots of Christians. But God doesn't want us just to come into a relationship with him. He wants us to grow into the fullness of what that relationship looks like. I'm a baby when it comes to following Jesus for all that he has got for me. And I don't want to be contained and restricted. I want to be all that God wants for me, don't you? And so there's a call to a bigger place. And a call to a bigger place is a call to move up. How many of you have ever been to a hotel? If you've been to a hotel, you'll know something about a hotel. The higher you go up, the better the rooms, usually. Although me and Simon, we're in Albania uh, in August. And normally we stay uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the church um, with teams and other things. And we, we've slept on, on mattresses, on floors, and Kalina's been as well, and some of you have been. And, and we've we crowded loads of people in rooms and all of that. But there was a lot of people there that weekend. And I just said, look, look, could we stay in a hotel? Like, it doesn't have to be a fancy hotel. It can be a really cheap hotel, and we'll, we'll pay for it. And so they booked us into this hotel. And so we went to the hotel, and the rooms were up on the top. The thing is, the hotel also doubled as a clinic which was really weird. Can I tell you, it was really weird going into a place which doubled as a clinic, okay? It was really strange. But normally when you're in a hotel, the higher you go up, the better the rooms, the better the view, and the more expensive. Because when you want a bigger place with a better view 
and a better experience, there's always a greater cost. And God is calling us as a church to move up into a bigger place with a better view, with a better expression and a better experience of who God is, but there's a cost. So there's a call to move up. There's also a call to move out. Joshua said to the children of Israel when they were camped on the other side of the Jordan, it's time to move out. You've got to break camp and move on. Many of us as Christians, we never move on. But we've got to move out and we've got to move on and we've got to move beyond. We've got to move beyond some of the walls and some of the barriers and some of the stuff that we keep hitting up against. And I believe that there's a call to a bigger place. And maybe that's for you as an individual. Maybe you sense something stirring in your heart where you say, there's got to be more to my Christian experience than this. Maybe I've got to move up. Maybe I've got to move out. Maybe I've got to move on. Maybe I've got to move beyond. But there's a call to a bigger place. And I think the call to a bigger place is, is not, I'm going to go to Soul Survivor, or I'm going to go to New Wine, or I'm going to go on a mission trip, or I'm going to go to Spring Arms. Because what happens there is we go there and we have a bigger experience of God, and then we go back to our small place. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about nothing to do with how many people are there, or how loud the music is, or, or, what, the experience, or what that experience is. I'm talking about something on the inside. Where we say, do you know what, I'm going to experience more of God and I don't want to go back to the smallness that I had before. I want to move on. There's a call to a bigger place. So do you hear it? And I think corporately for us as a church, there's a call to a bigger place. And I want to say, please put in your diary October the 18th and the 19th and do all you can to be there. Because as I said to the leaders on, on Sunday night, this is probably the biggest shift that we've ever been on as a church. We feel that God is calling us to a much bigger experience and an expression of the kingdom. Okay, And it's beyond anything that we've touched before. And so I really wanna, we want to share that with you. So there's a call to a bigger place. Secondly, there's a call to generational partnership. And I absolutely love this story. So the, old, so the younger guys come to the older man and they say, this place where we're meeting with you, in other words, your gaff, Okay, your place, because it's his place really. They've come into his place. It's fine for you, but it's too small for us. So like these younger guys are coming and saying, we'd like something different. And how many of you know that's a really interesting scenario, isn't it? Yeah? Anyone been in that scenario where the younger guys are saying, this was fine for you, but we want something different. The older man could have said, you cheeky things. But the older man didn't. The older man immediately said, go. He released them. It's brilliant, isn't it? Older guys. Now we have to try and get to define that, won't we? Anyone who's 51 and above. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> We've got to have that kind of spirit. We, me, we have got to have that kind of spirit where we say, do you know what? We want to be about releasing the younger generation. And they will do things differently than we did. And I am now at that stage where I'm saying, really? Does it have to be that loud? Is there a tune there at all? Is there actually, and I'm catching myself saying things that I said when I heard my dad saying it, I would never say that. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Because it happens. It happens, guys. It's normal. It's normal. If you get to a stage where the music isn't too loud for you, there's something wrong. We're doing something wrong. It's normal. It should be that way. Because it's about the older generation releasing the younger generation. And I love that. But, but, but the interesting thing is, what happens is that the younger guys don't say, great, thanks, old man, and off they go. The younger guys say, no, 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 you must come with us. That there is beautiful. That the older guy says, go, do your thing. And the younger guys say, no, 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 you must come with us because we can only do this together. Yes, 
We can do it together. And I absolutely love that. The older won't release the younger, and the younger won't dismiss the older. That's absolutely beautiful. The older, you know, the older release the younger, sorry, and the younger will not dismiss the older. It's just fantastic partnership, isn't it? It's where the younger ones are saying, hey, we want to experience something new, but you've got to come with us. And the older guys are saying, I want you to experience something new as well, and I will come with you. That's absolutely amazing. So, so what does this mean for us? Let's, let me use different language because older, younger will, will upset us. Established and emerging. Is that all right? Okay. So the older ones, you're estab- the established generations and the emerging generations. What does that look like? If you are established and if you're asking, am I old or not, then you're old. All right. So just, just, just settle it. If you're established, we have to release, encourage and support the younger generations. It was so great last Sunday night going to a church that I speak at from time to time. It's a small church out in Wombourne. Uh, and I often take musicians with me. And this time I took Dan and Sam and uh, Tanasha. So 17, 18 and 22. 22. And it was so great, you know, just to go with this team. And I played as well. But, but actually they did it all really. And they were amazing. And it was so great. A lot of these older folks were so blessed by these guys with such talent but real heart to want to and it was just so great to say hey this is brilliant just to release the younger guys to do what God has called them to do but can I just say if you are part of the established generations which I am we have to release the younger ones but we have to remain in the game as well we have to remain in the game as well just because we release does not mean we have to retire because there's no such thing in the kingdom as retiring. So God doesn't do retirement. You may have retired from your work, but we do not retire from the kingdom. So we release the younger guys, but we have to remain in the game as well. And we've got a crucial role to play. When King David was too old, I mean, when he was established, he went into battle. And this happened in 2 Samuel 21, 17. But Abishai, son of Zeruiah, came to David's rescue so David was the warrior that killed Goliath. Do you know, remember that? And yet when he was old and he went out to battle, someone else had to come and rescue him. How many of you know that? That happens, doesn't it? Oh, so frustrating, isn't it? Your body doesn't want to do what it used to do. And you know, you used to go and, and rip up the lion and the bear and Goliath. And now this guy has to come and help him. Um, uh, uh, and he killed the Philistine. But then David's men declared, David, you are not going out to battle with us again. Why risk snuffing out the light of Israel? In other words, David, you don't need to do that anymore, but we need you. Because you've got something that we haven't got, and that's light. And light is about revelation, and that comes from experience in this context. And what we need more than anything else is your experience. One of the things that I'm loving about this church at the moment, and it's only one aspect of it, and it's not the most important, but I'm loving what's happening with the, with the music team, with the worship guys, because as you notice, there's younger guys coming through and coming through, but a lot of the older guys, they're not all saying, all oh, right, well, that's me done. They're staying in there and helping and encouraging. And it's this beauty of generational partnership. These younger guys are so talented and gifted, but they need something that they don't have yet. They need some light. They need some wisdom. They need some experience. And this thing working together is fantastic. So if you're established generation, do you hear the call? Do you hear the call to release and to encourage, but to remain in the game and to play your part? And if you're emerging, if you're younger generation, you have to make a decision that you're going to step into it. You have to have the same kind of spirit as these young guys that says, we want a bigger place. 
We want to go for it. We want to experience more of God. We want to see more of God's kingdom. You've got to choose to commit. You've got to choose to go all in. But you also have to be willing to learn from those who've gone before. Let me read this quote to you. Young people tend to overestimate what God will do in the short term, and they underestimate what God can do in the long term. That's a very good quote. We tend to think that God will do it all now, and we kind of, you know, we, we kind of overestimate the short term, but we underestimate what God could do in the long term. Which is one of the reasons why I think it's so prophetic and important, a new initiative that, we, that, that happened last Tuesday, actually, with, which Jane and many other people are heading up, and I was privileged to be there. And, and there was about 40 millennials, okay, younger, uh, young adults here in this room last Tuesday night, and for, for something called the dark room, okay, which sounds a bit, ooh, but basically, you know, in a dark room, anyone remember what a dark room is? Some of you don't even know what it is. But it's where the, when you used to take photographs, proper photographs, do you remember that? And, you, and they used to send them off to be developed and you wait two weeks before they came back. Do you remember that? Okay, there's a few of you that do, a lot of you are looking at me. They were developed in a dark room. That's where the image was developed and it took time. And we're not used to that. But you know, God, God's got all the time in eternity. And so for younger guys, you've got to realize that actually not everything's going to happen right there and then. It does on your phone and it does in your culture, but it doesn't necessarily when it comes to the things of God. So do you hear the call to generational partnership? And I think what that looks like, guys, is it's not a structure, it's not a program, it's not an activity. It's just opening your eyes, looking around and going and encouraging someone. Go and find a younger person that you can pour your life into, that you can encourage, that you can even just start by saying hello. Do you know what I mean? Or it's great to see you, or I really enjoyed what you did. And if you're younger guys, look around and say, and go and talk to an older person and just say hello. That's radical, isn't it? Just say hello and just, just be, begin to build some relationship. Because actually, I think what God wants to do here is something very fresh. And, and when the younger generation are released, but the older generation are encouraged to go together with them, I think we'll see God do some amazing things. Amen? And the third thing, and this is what I want to finish with, there's also a call to live in a cutting-edge way. You see, what happens when they, when they get the axe head, they try and chop the trees down, but then the axe head falls in. And, and I can imagine that they've still got the, 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 the handle in their hands. And, and, you know, how do you chop a tree down without the axe head? You know, I can imagine them just keep trying, you know, and it's just not going to work. And that's a real picture of how our lives can be. When we lose the edge, when we lose the cutting edge and our Christian life all becomes about effort and hard work and trying harder, we've lost something. But what happens is that this guy comes along and he helps them to find that cutting edge again and he restores miraculously that cutting edge to their life. And I know it's, it's stretching it a little bit, but I think the cutting edge is about our connection to God. It's about how much we abide with God. It's about the fruit that God brings. It's about listening to the Holy Spirit. It's about the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's about being responsive to God. You know, something that God is saying a lot to us, many of us at the moment about, am I hearing God and am I acting on that? And, and, and when we are, then we sense that cutting edge in our life. And we sense that it's not all about hard work and effort and hard work and effort is important, but it's about that cutting edge. And I know from my own life that it's easy to lose your cutting edge. Anyone agree with me? It's really easy. And, and let me just say, and I'm going to wrap up in a minute, it's not a sin to admit it, but it may be a sin to deny it. It's not a sin to admit it, but it may be a sin to pretend it hasn't happened. So if you've lost your cutting edge, it's not a sin. But maybe if we pretend that we haven't, maybe we get into an area that we don't really want to be. 
So how can we lose our cutting edge? We can lose it through weariness. Revelation 2 verse 3, you have persevered, Jesus says, you've endured hardships, but for my name and have not grown weary. You've not lost your edge, even though it's been tiring. But we can through weariness. We can lose it through neglect. When we neglect those basic things in our life, when we neglect uh, you know, the things that we know bring life and bring the sense of the Holy Spirit to us. You know, Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God within you. But actually in 1 Timothy, which is before that, because that was 2 Timothy, he says, do not neglect your gift. So in other words, there's a gift of the Holy Spirit in you, but you neglect it or you don't find into flame it and it dies down. It dies down. So we can lose our cutting edge through weariness. We can lose our cutting edge through neglect. We can lose it through hiddenness and through sin. You know, it's really sad right now that there's, that there's a lot of Christian leaders all across the world. And because of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and all of that, you know, we hear about everything now. And there's quite a lot of Christian leaders that you hear about at the moment who are, who are stepping out of leadership. And some for reasons of burnout. Quite a lot actually at the moment for reasons of burnout. It's really sad. Uh, and others for hiddenness and for where things have gone wrong morally in their lives. And, and we're not here to judge. We're here to say that's sad, aren't we? And that doesn't just happen to Christian leaders. That happens to all of us or can happen to all of us. Hiddenness. And then we can also lose our cutting through hurt, just through impact and through offense, like I spoke about on Sunday. When we're offended, we can lose our cutting edge. So how do we get it back? I want to ask the band to come back up. How do we get it back? Well, I, I, think, I think there's some keys in this passage of Scripture. The first thing is they had to admit it. And they, had to, and they did, and they said to the, to, the, to the man of God, to Elisha, you know, and, and that isn't, I think what that means is it's saying to God, to admit it to God, to say, I've lost my edge. I've lost my cutting edge. My experience is, I've lost my cutting edge. I can't do what you want me to do and what I want to do and what I need to do in my life without that connection to the Holy Spirit. So you've got to admit it first. And, and then I think you've got to ask for help. Stop trying to pretend that you... Oh, it's all right. It's all right. Just don't look. And I'll just keep, you know, slashing away with, it, with the handle. That's just craziness. So you've got to admit it. You've got to ask for help. And then maybe you've got to go back to the place where you lost it. And then you've got to ask God to do a miracle. And any work of the Spirit in our life is a miracle, isn't it? We can't do it ourselves. And that axe head as it floated and rose to the surface was a supernatural intervention of God. And so maybe tonight, do you hear the call to cutting edge living? Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? We're going to worship. And I want to respond to him as well and see what God wants to do tonight. That's the end of what we planned. Okay, The rest of it is all up to God. So maybe I just want to say, uh, there are some microphones down here. And, and later on, as we move on a bit, if you feel that God has spoken to you and you want to share anything with us, then you can come and use these microphones. If... If it's um, a very directional, specific word, then please come and talk to one of us about it. And some of you will know what that means. But if it's a general thing or a picture or an impression or an encouragement or something like that, then just come and, and share it, okay? But, but before we get to that, do you hear the call? Do you hear the call? Do you hear the call to a bigger place? Maybe you've been restricted. Maybe you've restricted yourself. Maybe your Christian life has been around, going around in a little circle. Remember when I was a kid um, going to Dudley Zoo, and uh, and I remember there used to be a polar bear at Dudley Zoo. I don't really ever remember that far back, and it was really sad because it was almost like every every year you went, you kind of watched this polar bear lose its mind 
because the polar bear that was that was built and designed for the Arctic or the Antarctic or wherever they live, one of the two, you know, was that just in this little thing and it just used to walk around the circle, walk around the circle, walk around the circle. And, and you watched it literally lose its mind. And, and I wonder how many of us in our Christian lives are just walking around in circles in that small place. So, so do you hear the call to go to a bigger place? Move on. Move on. Move up. Move out. Move beyond. Do you hear the call, folks, to generational partnership? One of the fantastic things that's happening right now is there's many established people, older people, who are getting involved in our youth ministry. And many of them, and they're in this room, some of them would say their Christian life is exploding into life as well. As they're realising that you don't have to be cool and trendy to come alongside a young person and to bring some light. You don't have to be. Andy's doing it for goodness sake. So do you know what I mean? So there you go. And actually, do you hear the call to generational partnership? Do you hear that call? You might think I've got nothing to give. Of course you have. If you've got anything from God, then you've got something to pass on to someone else. Yeah? Do you hear that call? And do you hear the call to cutting edge living? Maybe you've lost your axe head. Maybe you've lost your axe head. Maybe you've lost that connection. And tonight, maybe you want to just say, God, would you come? Here's my heart. Here's my heart. You've got to be honest about where your heart's at. And you want to say, here's my heart. Lord, I want to go to that bigger place. God, my heart is, I want to, I want to be involved in generational partnership. Lord, my heart is, I want to be connected to you. I want to be connected to your spirit. I want to live the cutting edge. That doesn't mean everything's fantastic and nothing's ever hard work. It doesn't mean that. But it means that you know, that you know that God is at work in you by his spirit. Here's my heart, Lord. And wherever my heart is, God, I want to bring it to you. I want to go back to that place where I lost it, if I lost it. And I want to bring my heart to you. So can we pray? Can we pray? Jesus. Lord Jesus. I just want to say, if that's you tonight and you feel that God has spoken to you and you want to respond to God right, right from now, then, you know, we often say in church, or we used to, it's a bit old language, but we used to say that the, kind of, you know, the front of the building is like an altar. It's just a place. It's just a place. It's almost like maybe this could become an altar. Not because it's a building, but because of what we do in that. And that we say, God, we want to do something to, to say to you that, Lord, that we want to respond to you. So maybe tonight, if you've heard God's call to you, maybe to move into that bigger place, maybe to, 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 to respond to that generational partnership, or maybe you've just lost that cutting edge living and you're saying, God, I've heard your call and I want to respond. Then maybe you want to come down here as an altar and maybe stand at the front or kneel or move out into the aisle or just do something physically just to respond as we worship Jesus together. As we say, Lord, here's my heart. Here's my heart. Let's just respond to him and see what, what he does.